Okay, welcome to the actor and the actuary, everybody, as we're just two guys in opposite states talking about our lives, our careers in completely two different worlds as we try to figure out what the heck's going on, who we are, what we're doing, and if it means something. Good evening. Good evening, Jeff. How you doing? Doing great. Good. Can't complain. Can't complain. All right. Very good. How's actuarial stuff? Oh, it's great. I don't know if you're interested in what I'm drinking over here, but oh. I've got a drink to go along with that. I am. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Can you hear this? Ooh. Yeah. That is a uh, lovely Fulton hard seltzer berry. Mm-mm-mm. Very good. All right. Can you hear this? I heard something. I already opened it, so it didn't make a very loud sound. <laughs> what do you got over there? Let me guess. It's a bourbon Cabernet. No, I got a Stone IPA tonight. Ooh, ooh IPA. Mm-hmm. Nice. I, you're not usually an IPA drinker, right? Mm, I've slowly graduated towards it, actually. Oh, okay. Well, good. Next time we hang out, we can uh, drink we can enjoy together. Yeah, we can enjoy one together. Well, Jeff, uh, speaking of drinks, what have you got on tap for us tonight? Ooh. <laughs> pun, pun, pun. Uh, well, tonight, Aaron, we're going to be talking right brain versus left brain. Ooh. I don't know mm-hmm. anything about right, right brain uh, versus left brain. Do you know anything about the brain? Not really. <laughs> well, that's okay. Got some lobes. You do well, yeah, yeah. You got some lobes. Actually, there's quite a few lobes which we can get to. But let me just let me just give you some brain facts. Let me get you some brain knowledge here. Does that sound oh, good? Some BF. I like I it. Some BF. All right. So the brain is made up of as many as one billion neurons or brain cells, and your brain only weighs three pounds. Three pounds. That's kind of gross to think about. It is gross. <laughs> it makes up two percent of your body weight, but oh. it uses twenty percent of your body's energy. Hold on, hold on a second. Two two percent, you're saying? Yep. At three pounds, mm-hmm. it, they think I'm 150 pounds. Well, they're taking the average, I'm assuming. Okay. Sorry, you just you threw out a number. I kind of got stuck to that. All right. Okay, continue. All right. So it's divided into symmetrical left and right hemispheres, right brain, left brain. That's what we're talking about. Symmetrical, and like they're the same size. Symmetrical, absolutely. Okay. Unless somebody was born a little different, but in theory, we're talking averages here, Mr. Actuary, symmetrical left and right hemispheres, and each hemisphere is in charge of the opposite side of the body. So your right brain actually controls your left hand. Yep. That was, yeah. For those of you listening, which is all of you, Aaron's (laughs) waving his left hand in the air and his right brain is doing it. Wow. Why, did, uh, why would it be opposite? That doesn't make any sense. We'll get there. But the brain is uh, segmented it. And what you brought up earlier, it's in different regions called lobes. And those mm. lobes isolate your brain's function to those areas. Mm. So have, do you know any of the, the, of the lobes names? Well, I know there's the uh, cerebral cortex. Oh, the cerebral. Yes. And that governs your motor skills, the balances and your coordination. Yep. Any others? Yeah, I know there's the frontal lobe. Okay, right? yeah, that, that's, that's yeah, like your that's, decision making or something. That's the front of your body. It controls your body movement, your personality, your problem solving, concentration, planning, emotional reaction, your sense of smell, the meaning of words, your general speech. That's your frontal lobe, correct? Yep, yep. Got any more well, for me? Yeah, um, there's that one that like does all the like your breathing and heart beating. Um, it's not the epiglottis. <laughs> I think that's in your throat i want to say it's similar to epiglottis <laughs> what is that 
So you got the parietal lobe, which is the upper middle of your brain. It controls your sense of touch, the pressure, your sense of taste, bodily awareness. Um, you have your temporal lobe, uh, which is the middle of the brain itself. And it governs your sense of hearing, your ability to recognize others face-to-face, you know, -face, uh, have emotions, and it's your long-term memory as well. Then you have the occipital lobe, which is the backside of the brain, and that controls the important sense of sight. Um, and you have the uh, limbic lobe. The limbic is the middle part of the brain that controls your emotions. This is where my wife lives. <laughs> so <laughs> generally speaking, the left of the brain tends to control many aspects of language and logic, while the right side tends to handle spatial information, visual comprehension, emotion, you know, it's been said that the left brain is the more logical and the right is the more artistic or the more free-spirited hemisphere. Okay, so follow-up question. Does that mean that my right hand is more logical than my left? Because the left controls <laughs> your... <laughs> you know, well, I don't know. Are you right-handed? <laughs> I am right-handed, yeah. Uh, so maybe. Maybe, I mean, okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll let that hang in, in the air and you can decide that at the end of the evening. Um, let me break it down for you why this is even a debate, right? The, the origin of the left versus right brain theory. So yeah. in the sixties, they had these initial observations that exploded into scientific literature and the, the people were trying experiments and performing all these studies, which this guy, Roger Spurry, he experimented trying to find different ways to treat epilepsy. Uh, so he and this other scientist, uh, his, that guy's name was like Michael, some Michael G Michael, some, and, uh, they explored uh, all these different treatments on people. So one of the treatments, and I know this is totally weird, but it was to sever part of the brain that connected your right from your left hemisphere. It's the bot. It's the part of the body that connects the two sides of the brain. It's called the corpus callosum. Uh, and so in these surgeries, the surgeons would simply cut it. Cut, cut it right down the middle. And people uh, volunteered for this? Yeah. So I know that seems a little like creepy, but they had a lot of success in treating epilepsy um, in these surgeries. And so they were trying to figure out the best way to treat this unknown problem, right? So it was from studies like this that they became aware of there being vastly different regional parts present within the functionality of the brain. So Roger Spurry, uh, again, when, when they performed these surgeries, they realized that there were massive differences. So they would cut this corpus callosum and they would have no reaction between the left part of their brain and the right part of their body. Um, and so he, they were just trying to figure out all the right ways because these people were having like uncontrollable seizures. They were, they were not in a good health of life. So you say that people volunteered for this. These people had no other options. So they're kind of in a desperation of having these huge, massive seizures that they are, I, I'm, I'm open to this study, this research type surgery sure. from happening, trying to figure this out as they did all of these studies and researches and surgeries, they started to find the direct correlation between, uh, the left part of your body in the right hemisphere or the right part of your body in the left hemisphere. Cause it is all about neural connections. So when you experience sensory input, when you process it, when you take actions, the neurons in your brains, they light up with activity and all these pieces require a different part of the brain. But since they're, they are part of the same neural network, certain areas of the brain have stronger connections than others. So, you know, you're talking about a left brain versus right brain, your left brain, though, maybe more for logic and your right brain, maybe more for uh, emotions or something like that. You generally still have crossover between the two. 
So for example, the left brain is more associated with positive emotions, while the right brain is actually more associated with the negative emotions. People with depression, they tend to suffer from a disproportionate ratio from a right to left brain activity because they do require each other, just like every part of the body requires and leans on part of your other part of your body. So does your brain. So the two halves of the brain work with the rest of the nervous system to maintain this homeostatic balance. Question I've heard of in like a type of counseling or therapy of some sort, um, like whole putting your hand on like the opposite side of your body to try to like create, I don't know, create that circle or like let, <laughs> I, I don't really know, let energy flow from one side to the other. Did you, did you see anything about that or? I, no, I no, but it's interesting because, you know, my wife's a therapist. And so she always talks about these like bodily touches that you can do. I, I forget what it's called. I'll have to ask her and, and report back, but it's something like this where she's like yeah. ryth rhythmically tapping your body. And that can actually have an effect on your mind, on stress, on depression, on the mental capacities that your brain is going through by simple touches of whether it be your back or rhythmic patterns on your body. Um, for sure. And that's also, I don't know if you've heard about this, but like, if you have a massive headache, how like rubbing the inside of your thumb and your index finger can actually affect like part, like if you're rubbing on your left, like it can actually have a direct correlation to the headache that you're feeling in your brain because all your nervous Ooh. system is all directly affected. But again, your left side is being processed by your right and your right from your left. I'm going to have to try that next time. My question before we get into a little bit more is, do you know where you would align in terms of a left versus right brain? Hmm. I've honestly not really thought about it. I, I think people might assume I'm, I'm the actuary. Uh, I'm a left, a left brain logic person. And I think that's true. But then like I go to work and I see a bunch of people that are way more left brain than I am. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I, I enjoy doing this podcast with you. That's like a very creative type of thing. Right. Um, right. so yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I guess maybe I'll, I think I'm more left brain, but maybe not completely imbalanced. Well, how about you say we find out? Oh, I like that idea. All right. So all of you listening, you can try this as well. Just if Ooh. you're driving, don't do this while you're driving if it's unsafe. Okay. So Aaron, I'm going to ask you to put your palms together with your fingers crossed. Okay. Does your uh, right. Yeah. Just cross your, cross your fingers. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. D does your right thumb stay on top or on the bottom? Right. Thumbs on the bottom, right. Thumbs on the bottom. Which one do you remember easily more easily the face of someone or the name of someone you just met <laughs> is neither an answer. <laughs> um, but we're going to go with name name. You remember the name easier than the face. <laughs> yeah. Which of the following subjects were you most interested in at school? English and social studies or Ugh. math or math and science? Yes. Math and science for sure. Which of the following sports do you prefer individual sports or team sports? Oh boy. Um, that's a pretty wide net there. Um, pun, pun, pun. Yeah, probably team sports. Yeah. I like the interaction. Can you remember your dreams when you wake up or do you not usually remember them except for maybe a few? Hmm. Interesting that you asked that I, this weekend I got really good sleep. And so I like, I had a, I could remember a lot of my dreams cause I like slept normal than my usual amount of time. We're talking but, usual, the average, you normally remember them clearly or usually no, not. Usually not. 
Okay, I want you to grab something like a pen or some kind of an object. <clears throat> okay. And I want you to point it at something, you know, like across the room, like aim it at something like you're darting at it or looking right at it. Okay, Got it? get it. All right. So I want you to close one of your eyes and not move the object. So yeah. when you when you close your left eye, did the object move? Yes. Or when and so when you close your right eye, did the object move? Sorry, it it's it's uh, my right eye is the one that it's right it's right on. So when you close your right eye, the object moves. Y yes. And then when you close your left eye, the object has not moved. Yes. Okay. So guess what time it is right now without looking at a clock. Uh, ten ten. All right. Look at the clock. Are you within ten minutes or over ten minutes? I'm within ten minutes. My guess is nearly accurate with a deviation of less than 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. And I, I, by the way, I love playing that game in all situations. That's a fun game. How do you use gestures and facial expressions while communicating face-to-face? -face? Do you actively use body language with intense gestures and facial expressions, or do you make very little facial expressions and physical gestures? Uh, a, <laughs> I have often been told I am too dramatic in my... Uh, <laughs> in my gesturing. Okay. Are you ready for your results? I'm ready. You are 87.5% left brain and 12.5% right brain. Wow. So the left brain again means intends to within this test, tell you that you're more logical, more focused on facts. Realism predominates. You're planned and orderly. You're math and science minded. You prefer nonfiction over fiction. Would you say that in aligned with you? Yeah, I do prefer fiction over nonfiction, but I don't prefer reading at all, really. So, well, I, and I would also say you don't really love watching fictional movies either. So, right brained, <laughs> right brained, if you were right brained, you would be emotional, focused on art and creativity, imagination predominates, you're occasionally absent minded, you prefer fiction. And you enjoy creative storytelling. Hmm. I see. The weird thing is, I think a lot of that describes me too. Ah, well, you're only 12% that, Aaron. And it defines, there's a disclaimer here that says, oh, this is just a test. It does not define your, who you are. <laughs> sure. Like any personality test. What would you say that I am? Well, here's the thing. I know it's from our conversations that we've had that we're actually fairly alike um, in a lot of ways. Um, obviously like I would say you're probably more right-brained than I am just because you are, you know, you're the actor and you are, you know, you are a creator. Well, I think we're all creators, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, but I think you're pretty similar to me. I, I, maybe I'll put you at 87 and a half left or maybe 75 left. It's pretty good. I am uh, 62 left and 37, mm. right. But okay. Me, the actor, the creative one, aligns more with the left brain than I do with the right brain. And actually, it was shocking to me at first, but when I go back and look at it, I'm like, yeah, that actually, that makes sense. I, I do feel like that would be a little bit more accurate to who I am in terms of planning and order, math and science for sure. I hated social studies in English. Like, it just mm -hmm. wasn't me. And actually, when I write... Or when I act, I actually prefer if the story is based on reality as opposed to imagination. I prefer mm. writing truth. I prefer biopics and 
not necessarily making documentaries, but you know, I'm writing a project right now that is based on a true story. Like those are the things that I'm like, I actually, I prefer that, um, which was a little eye-opening to me. Do you think that that's unusual for, for actors or for people that that live out in Hollywood or is it pretty split? I I don't know. I mean, it, it's tough to say split is a good word for, you know, asymmetrical, uh, hemispheres. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I would assume that most actors tend to be more right-brained than left-brained, at least by this test alignment, but that would be something interesting to, to do. I, okay. I have two follow-up questions. Uh, question number one, do we know, like, as, as far as the population goes, is it, is it a 50, 50 split or do, does the population lean more one way than the other? Yeah. I don't know. I actually, I have, uh, Google does not know either. So I have no idea. I would, I would encourage people to take the test and, and just kind of see where they are. Again, this doesn't like, it's not a defining factor. You say like, well, I actually do kind of like that. I, I would be aligned with some of those right brain things myself included. I mean, I'm a storyteller in itself and that's like the definition of a right brain. Um, but it also is really important, um, in terms of like understanding your strength and your weakness, right? Like, okay. So for example, if you're a student and you have a difficult time following some kind of a verbal instruction, which tends to be a, a right brain characteristic, then that person might benefit from writing down the directions instead of just trying to remember them and developing better organizational skills that way, because they're not usually organized. So you can draw on like, Hey, yeah, that does make a little more sense why I'm aligned like that and give you tools of like, and because I'm that, then maybe I should try this to help me where I'm not doing so well in terms of my performance or what have you, wherever you align. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Like maybe it could show to, um, you know, how, how when you're creating something new, um, you know, like I, I know you, you and me up at Trout Lake, we had to create lots of skits and games and things like that. Maybe it's, it's helpful for left brain people to, you know, write out the requirements or like, you know, kind of be a little bit more uh, methodical in writing it out versus just starting with, all right, what are we going to do? You know, blank canvas. What, what's, what's the vision here? Right. And that's a good example. Like just in general, uh, our bodies, uh, let's take trial camp, for example, like you said, you know, when we have like church music or we're listening to the band play, you know, it's our, it's our temporal lobe that is actually listening to the music. Right. But there's all these different parts of our brain that, you know, have to go to work to have a, a reaction to the music, to internalize the rhythm or to, to follow along with the melody. It's like all these different working parts. And so like, when you're talking about writing skits, it's like, a skit can actually be great if it's, you know, a right-brained type person is defining all of the parts of that skit and coming up with all the creative, but if nobody's ordering it, if nobody's writing it down and structuring it and coming up with the, the Bible X plan or all these things that we came up with, then it's going to be chaos and there's just going to be no structure. And so right. you take all of these different aspects in your brain or your, you know, who you're working with or whatever, and you kind of come up with a collective uh, organizational pattern that can also be really creative at the same time. I think that's why it's so important that, you know, you talk about individual sports versus team sports. I mean, team sports are more fun in my opinion, because you're working with so many different people. You're working with so many different skill sets, so many different ideas. There's a lot more creativity as opposed to just it being on you, your own creativity or your own logic. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it works better when you have some of each people, you know, if, if you only had to go back to the skits, if you only had left brain people and I'm painting broad strokes here, but probably if I had my way, I, you know, would have a skit structurally very sound, but uh, not, not that interesting, you know? So <laughs> you, you have to, uh, you, you got to combine both, both gifts together. Which I think is uh, a nice correlation to marriage because <laughs> yeah, that's true. my, my wife and I are, we're definitely different people. I would say we're different hemispheres of the brain for sure. Um, and yet I am such a better person because of her right brainedness. And I, I would hope and believe that she's a little bit more organized and planned and structured because of my left brainedness. Yeah. And that, that's the same way in our, in our marriage as well. Uh, I think I'm, I'm the, the left brained one of the bunch and, uh, Jess is more the right brain one of the bunch and, and they we, bring, we make each other better. They bring the emotional aspect in of like caring. And, you know, we've talked about this in previous episodes and the way that they can really understand somebody else's emotions and be so present and so invested. And we're just generally a little bit more, yeah, well, you know, let's go hit our golf shot and not talk about it. <laughs> Jeff, uh, thanks for teaching us about uh, right brain, left brain today. So what can we do with this information then? You align more with remembering somebody's name. I actually remember somebody's face better. So for me, I know that when I actually walk away from meeting somebody, I pull out my notes phone and I write down their name. Um, and I think that's pretty big and important, especially out here in California, where like it is all about networking and connections. And I just need to know, okay, when I go back to that person, Here's a little note about who they are and their name and where I met them. And that helps me knowing that I will actually forget them. That's a smart idea. I really need to do that too. For me, like I remember the shirt that they were wearing. And so uh, then the next day I'm like, blue shirt. <laughs> everyone changed their shirts. They're not wearing What's, the cool? What's wrong with these people? <laughs> Yeah, that's good. And I think, uh, you know, you can recognize that in, in other people too. You can recognize other people's strengths. And if you put both of your strengths in action, then you'll, you'll be stronger for it. So it sounds like, you know, whether you're an actor or an actuary, no matter what your vocation is, everyone has different strengths. And so whatever field you're in or whatever thing you're doing with your, your life, uh, you have something unique that you can bring to the table. And by recognizing that you have that and others have a different that, you can be more successful in everything that you do. And so it's, I think it's really good to learn about what your strengths are and what others' strengths are. And that's just going to bring success across the board. And I think good to know that, you know, not everybody's going to be able to come to the table with the same thing. And so if you are thinking, gosh, I never voice my own opinion on this meeting, or I never bring this up, but you know that it aligns with what you're really gifted in or your strength in, or where you're kind of focused that maybe all the people in that circle or in that meeting or in that room aren't the mapped out the same way with the same neurological pathway. So they're waiting on someone like you to kind of jump in and say, Hey, actually, what if we did this, this creative new way of doing something or this real structured way of doing something. And that's like the best feeling in the world. <laughs> when you bring something that's uniquely you to a conversation like that. Uh, and people are like, Oh my gosh, I would have never come up with that. Yep. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. And, um, you know, and so offer that up and recognize others when they do it too. It's, it, it helps, it helps others feel they're contributing as well. 
So the next time you're in surgery, cutting other people's corpus callosum, just make sure you tell the other surgeon in the room, don't do that. It's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. What happened with those? Uh, <laughs> what happened with those epilepsy patients? Did that they, help? Yeah, they actually did have success in, in stopping the epilepsy, but they also stopped a lot of other functionalities of their mm. body. Gotcha. Um, so, so not a great idea. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest uh, to do that. I don't, I don't think they're still performing those surgeries. Okay. The Corpus Christi is good. Good for you. Corpus Colossum. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> well, thanks Jeff. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Do you see that left brain like had to structure the ending? <laughs> I think we could have just left it right there. Pun, pun, pun. pun. pun.